Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome once again to Motivation with a Purpose from the beautiful... Beautiful Pacific Northwest out here in Seattle, Washington. I'm Rich Hallstrom, where every week on Motivation with a Purpose, we seek to inspire, motivate, and challenge you to live and work with purpose. And today, we're going to be talking about a very exciting subject, and it goes right along with our time of year and the season, giving and philanthropy. And it is not just for the rich. According to our very special guest today, Dr. Susan Gittleson, and she's written a book that will talk all about that subject, specifically entitled Giving is Not Just for the Rich, a how-to guide for giving and philanthropy. And once again, my exciting and innovative co-host, Zeke Bambolo, is once again by my side. And Zeke, I know that giving and philanthropy and having an impact on people's lives is something that is very close to your heart. So it once again should be a great conversation right here on Motivation with a Purpose. Yes, indeed. Uh, looking forward to this opportunity and hearing some thoughts, some ideas of what we can do. Um, it's been a... A long week, as you probably know, with uh, the going home of a friend of mine. So it's kind of a heavy-hearted week, but nonetheless, and I'll maybe sometime later we can give a—I'll be allowed to give a tribute to uh, to him, uh, Dr. Ken Hutchison. But nonetheless, it is that time of the year, and uh, when people are most in a generous mood. So we look forward to hearing what uh, what Susan has to offer us today. Well, I'm glad you brought up our good friend, Dr. Ken Hutchison's passing. As a matter of fact, Zeke. Today's show is dedicated to Dr. Hutcherson, who was a one-time guest on the show and gave us a great example of giving and compassion and leadership and how to affect people's lives. So, Hutch, today this show goes out to you. And uh, I should say, Zeke, uh, Hutch was one of the people that inspired me to put this concept together. So I can honestly say that neither you nor I would be here today, no matter uh, without the influence of uh, Dr. Hutcherson. And our condolences go out to his family and all of his close friends. And we know where he is right now because he faithfully ran the race and finished that race of faith and was a perfect example in God's way of looking at things of what we should do and how we should give our hearts through Antioch Bible Church, which was started in 1984, a church for all people, and Antioch Adoptions, a great way to impact children's lives all over the world and uh, change some lives in many different ways. Absolutely, especially as you mentioned, as you mentioned, Antioch adoptions, uh, no greater thing than to be able to give life freely, uh, uh, an establishment that Dr. Hutchison began that literally did free adoptions. Uh, in, a, in an industry that was heavily based on uh, price discrepancy by race and all these other things, and uh, no one else uh, did a better job of establishing the opportunity to provide free adoption to families that were capable of having children but did not have the financial means to provide a happy home 
for much needed uh, young lives. So uh, a lot to be said that today, again, as we talk about giving, it's not only about money. There's so many other ways we can give, as Susan would probably educate us wisely about. Definitely, Zeke. I want to ask you, as we keep going in the show, your favorite memory of Hutch. <laughs> That's getting too personal there. <laughs> um, well, how about when we can just... <laughs> share? How about when we can share on the air? <laughs> I would just, uh, I would just, you know, um, again talking about giving. Uh, Hutch was one who impacted the life uh, of me, and in this case, my wife and my marriage in a significant way. So my most fond memory of him will always be, uh, even at that point in time when I did not want to hear someone else step in and educate me of how I should have lived my life as a man and a husband, uh, primarily. Uh, uh, especially in, in the sight of God, to be able to have that opportunity that today I can say my home is secure and, in a, and go ahead in the right path. And uh, we do what we do today as a writer and a speaker and a radio host and so forth, all because someone like Hutch, uh, Hutch decided to uh, step in and, and, and help my wife and I. And uh, we give him all the uh, praise, although we give God all the glory. Amen. And I will second that, Hutch. And once again, today's show is very humbly dedicated to the memory of Dr. Ken Hutcherson, the former senior pastor of Antioch Bible Church and leader of Antioch Adoptions. So, Hutch, once again, this one's for you, and we honor God with everything that we talk about today. Once again, we want to remind you, if you want to stay in touch with the Motivation with a Purpose radio show, get through to us on Twitter at MWP Radio Man, our Facebook page, MWP Radio AM and right here on Talk Zone, the talk channel every week, talkzone.com. And we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year right from the Motivation with a Purpose radio staff. So enjoy your holiday. We will return in January with brand new episodes of Motivation with a Purpose. Now it's my my pleasure to introduce our very special guest for today, Dr. Susan Gittleson. She is a PhD. She is a philanthropist and international business person who has drawn upon her extensive giving experience with higher education awards and other areas over many years of donating to various different causes, including Columbia University and elsewhere. And she offers guidance to others for meaningful giving. Dr. Susan was co-chair of the Dean's Council for the Columbia School of International and Public Affairs. She has had books and articles published on four continents and was awarded Columbia University's prestigious medal for distinguished alumni service. And she is currently listed in Who's Who in America and Who's Who in the World. And we welcome Dr. Susan Gittleson to the Motivation with a Purpose microphones. Good morning, Doctor. How are you? Um, I am very moved already by your tribute uh, to Dr. Hutchinson and your obvious concern about other people, about treating them compassionately and wisely. So this is uh, it's an honor to be with you today. We appreciate the fact that you wanted to join us this morning on the show. Uh, Dr. Susan, let's just jump right into it. Where did we get the idea that money should be the focus of our giving, and how do we change that? Ah, uh, Well, values and <clears throat> excuse me, priorities 
uh, are a reflection of the general society. So uh, many people think that money is the way to happiness. But in reality, research has shown that once you have um, a decent home and food and uh, you can bring up your children uh, healthily and so forth, then having uh, billions doesn't necessarily make a, a great difference. And this is the, the whole point of my book is that all of us, can give something because sometimes people say, oh, I don't have any money. What can I do? Well, anyone, everyone can uh, comfort others in, in difficult times like the passing of someone who's close to you, as you were discussing today, or uh, if uh, someone is, is uh, sick or, uh, or wants to have fun. You know, there's, the whole idea is to join with others in a constructive way to bring happiness to everyone. So it's not only the people to whom you give, but in return you receive so much more yourself and you feel great. And this is especially important if you're depressed, if you have um, marriage problems, uh, if you have work problems, and, uh, and you're turning into yourself and blaming yourself and having a terrible time with your poor self, and if you would just uh, stop for a minute and think about other people, um, especially at holiday time, there's so many people who are hungry who don't have what the rest of us have, uh, well, the, why can't we do something about it? Either donate to legitimate groups like the food banks or uh, various programs to help the, the elderly, to help children who are, who are hungry, um, or uh, various churches that have programs to uh, have their members give out food to the people who, who need it. I mean, that's so immediate right now when not everybody has a Christmas dinner to go to or uh, other family celebrations. Um, we just we can all help each other if we think about it. Dr. Gitterson, uh, Zeke here, uh, and I am notorious on this show. Rich is the one that kind of tries to keep the main line, and I always throw these off-the-wall questions, so I'm going to be popping them out at you today. And as you spoke there, something crossed my mind. You, uh, Rich introduced you earlier as being uh, involved and in having published uh, work on multiple continents, and I am assuming, if, before I ask my questions, if you can answer that, you have some experience in the third-world countries as well? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, I was, yeah. I was fortunate to do my doctoral research for a year in East Africa, and okay. I, uh, I wanted to know more about how, in this case, United Nations Development uh, Program could help people for national development and self-reliance. Uh, and... This was so eye-opening for me because I had learned some Swahili and I was able mm. to meet peasants and, mm. and talk with them and bond with them. Um, and, uh, and then I, I also met ministers and all kinds of people. I, I was at the universities. I had such a full experience. And this is why uh, when, when some people talk about 
development, and they're just going to write a, a check to to help somebody far away, and we we will make such an enormous difference in their lives. Um, they should stop for a minute and say, "Wait a minute! These are human beings who have their own cultural patterns, their their own family ties, and the first thing." Whenever you go any place, is to listen to people. What is important to them? What are their needs? How do they look at the world? And for development assistance people, not to impose their ideas of progress and um, and medicine and sanitation, but to work alongside the local people. And we're possible to train people in skills, but not to assume that they know so much more than anyone else. Um, this was one of the greatest things I learned in my doctoral research, mm-hmm. uh, that the project managers who came from abroad and had very high salaries uh, could be helpful, most helpful, not only with whatever skills they brought, but if they left the skills in the hands of local people. If they trained uh, project managers from the society itself so that people could carry on and uh, and help in agriculture, in health, in education, all these major areas, but not um, the uh, taking a superior attitude. If you've been in developing countries and you've thought about this, you probably agree. You can't tell people what to do. You have to work with people and uh, and come up with ideas that are suited for their society. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, and, and here's I was I was going to ask you to even take it a, a bit step further as we talk about this subject of giving, and uh, I too actually not only have I worked but I uh, am an African. For, for first generation came here uh, at the age of about 1920, but I wanted to give you I wanted you to from give uh, for, from, from Liberia, where? Liberia, West Africa. Oh, uh, that's a very and, very special <laughs> country, as uh, I hope all your audience knows. <laughs> and American, pretty, uh, yes, have a, yeah. have a special connection to say the least. Yes, yes, indeed. And so I was, I was having you, uh, to, uh, as you talk about this thing of giving and you've lived and worked on the continent, especially even better, uh, you, can you contrast for us, uh, in a, an area that is considered, you know, third, third world poverty and everything, yet there's a different sense of not only sharing a giving, but there's a different sense of joy that exists uh, when it comes to contrasting that of the West and 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 those areas that are so-called uh, poverty. Could you give us shed some light on as you talk about this subject of sharing and giving, and it doesn't have to be all financial. What is your imp- what is your impression, or uh, how can you educate us on why there is such a difference, and yet and still those people, though minimal, have minimal uh, resources, seem to be a lot more content and joyful in what they have and what they do. Uh, well, as in every society, there are people who are more content and joyful than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have opportunities in New York where I live, I hope in Seattle where you live, and all over the West Coast, uh, to go to performances by African groups mm-hmm. and uh, s- hear their music, see them dance. Uh, e- even the Lion King, you know, just, um, first of all, respect, but also... Uh, empathize and enjoy, relax, be a part of things. 
So the cultures, and there are obviously diverse cultures all over the continent, and I visited uh, West Africa and South Africa and North Africa also, uh, and I could never, I can never have enough because uh, there's such variety and such delightful things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of us who have the time and motivation, it's so important to study the, the family structure, the tribal structure, um, the, the methods that local people have developed uh, for agriculture, uh, for, but, and also for family life, because in many parts of Africa, except where there are unfortunate uh, violent episodes, right. wars and all that, but um, the family structure is strong and, and, and healthy, so that mm. uh, children have many parents to go to. I'm mm. sure you know more about this than I do. That is, uh, there, there are clans, there, there are activities for people of the same age group that uh, inculcate the values of the society mm. and, uh, and, and give people a bond because uh, one of the problems in the West as I was referring to, is that people are t- often too isolated in themselves mm. and they attack themselves. You know, they, they become depressed and then they take drugs and they do all kinds of other unfortunate things. But um, in Africa, there's such a, uh, a, a set of family values, of cultural values, of religious values that really help individuals belong to a group and therefore uh, have many opportunities to be joyful in the Lord. Mm. Excellent, excellent. You have done a tremendous job of, of liberating on that little short, that was a short question, but you did a, a very good job of expressing that so eloquently. Thank you. Well, I've, I've lived it. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's why it's very important to travel. and uh, And also... Uh, one, one of the things that we talk about giving is the other side. There are a lot of scams, and we mm. want to avoid them. So one of the easiest ways for con people to get very well-intentioned uh, people, especially at holiday time, uh, to give, they'll show a picture of a hungry child and say, this child needs us and needs our money, and just give us your money, and we will feed the child. Well, how do you know that any or all of that money is going to help the child and, and the village and, and the other people, whatever it is? Um, fortunately, we have a, we as a society have a lot of experience, and there are a number of websites that all of us can consult, such as Charity Navigator and GuideStar and the business, Better Business Bureau and so forth, and they list charities. And if somebody calls you and uh, has a name that sounds like something you've heard of, you better check it out because too many people uh, just hide behind a name and don't produce anything. And here we're we're encouraging people, and uh, the two of you are examples, to care for others and to give to others and, if possible, to give something uh, uh, financial if you can, if you can afford it. But it has to be for a real purpose. It has to really help people. 
And this is why, even though I'm very concerned about development in, in Africa, Asia, Latin America, and every place else, the first place to give is locally. People you know, uh, organizations you know, churches you know, and not only give money, but give your time, volunteer, learn about what the programs are, and if, uh, if there's something that bothers you about what's going on, then try to correct it. Be active. It's not enough, again, as we were saying, it's not just the money, but it's, uh, it's caring for others and bonding with other people. And uh, it, it's amazing that this is the best tonic, that you'll feel a, a thousand times better just by caring for others. More with Dr. Susan Gittleson on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose after this time out. You're listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, yes, indeed. You are here on another Friday morning for us in the Northwest, for Dr. Gibson, our special guest today in the, the Far East. But we are talking about giving and sharing. Uh, and uh, Dr. Gibson, as we went to break, you would you give us uh, some great insight into some work you've been doing as well, even in third world countries. But we want to kind of shift the discussion a little bit more to helping, having you educate us. Can you educate us on how do we teach our children? Uh, especially as we talk about generational impact, this subject of giving and sharing? The best way is by setting an example. Mm. If children see that uh, their parents uh, talk among themselves where no one has to hear them and they express concern about neighbors and about family members and, uh, and then they, uh, they say, you know, so-and-so is sick, let's go over there. Um, you know what, I'll bake a cake and we can bring it and let's cheer that person up or, uh, or even grandparents, older people. Uh, or uh, they say, you know, um, you have so many toys and it's Christmas time, you're going to get more toys. Do you really need all of them? Do you know that there are uh, children who don't have any toys? They may not even have any uh, parents. They may be in an orphanage. Maybe. If you don't mind, let's take a few of the toys that you're already tired of. Let's bring them over to the orphanage, or let's uh, give them to a, uh, a toy drive at, uh, at the local church or school or whatever it is. So parents can, can really set an example that makes a big difference, and so can teachers. And when, when children see that, uh, that their parents care, that their teachers care, Care that the, uh, other adults around them care, and then they see that uh, th- that their friends uh, care too. And if not, um, maybe the children will be the ones who will organize the friends. Hey, let's go over and uh, uh, let's teach basketball to the guys who don't know it. Let's uh, let's join. Um, let's go into another neighborhood and see if we can make friends. Let's learn about other people. All these, it's. Uh, even little little projects and comments and everything indicate uh, where people really care about each other. It doesn't have to be, again, you don't have to give money or whatever, 
but you share. You just you show that that you are concerned with other people. Um, I I should say that uh, I got into the giving business because of my father. Um, he asked me from the time I was nine years old to help give awards that he had established uh, for service in the community. Uh, and, uh, and he was also giving collections of books to university libraries. And he got me involved. And I thought this was the greatest uh, way possible to deal with people, you know, to, uh, to stress positive values and show them that you care. And my father died many years ago, but I uh, imbibed his values, which I admired so much. And this led me uh, to give, actually, books and awards and publications and sponsor conferences and do all kinds of things. And always, I always feel that, that my father is smiling at me from heaven, actually. <laughs> so I hope that other parents can inspire their children as well. Dr. Gittleson, what does it mean to you to give to other people? Uh, it, it means it gives me uh, a, a warm glow. And uh, the psychologists call this helper's high. Now, if you are forced to give, uh, and or if um, you don't, if people don't treat you right, don't reciprocate, don't understand what you're doing, then you might have negative feelings. But the reason I feel so great is that I've been able to work with people I respect. For example, um, after 9-11 in, in, uh, in New York, uh, the whole country, the whole world was devastated by this terrorist attack. And since I have close ties to Columbia University, um, there uh, a, f- a few professors of sociology and urban affairs wanted to organize a conference to evaluate what had happened and how to improve um, the, the, the land use, actually, um, in the World Trade Center area. And they asked me for seed money, because that's all I could afford. And uh, we set up the most broadly... Uh, organized conference ever, and some big foundations came to give, give the real money. It went on for two days, and this was the first time that um, these real uh, the people who built the real estate, and there are a lot of developers in uh, Seattle and all over the country, uh, that they were asked, "Wait a minute, think about the people who live in the neighborhood. Uh, how do they, how can they get around these big buildings?" What about parks? What about schools? Um, what about after-school activities? There has to be room for everybody in the area. Now, um, this is becoming more accepted, but it, uh, it was this conference really was innovative, and I was so thrilled. I had given the seed money, and I I attended the conference for two uh, two days, and I learned a lot. So you can imagine how thrilled I was to be part of this, to be with constructive people who really care, who want to improve their own uh, local societies and the cities and the regions and the country and the world. The right kind of people uh, really 
motivate each other. You, you, you call your program Motivation with a Purpose, which is so marvelous. So when you're motivated with a purpose and you join with others and you see constructive results, how can you help but feeling fantastic? You don't have to take drugs. You don't have to have alcohol. You don't have to abuse yourself. You just have this wholesome, marvelous feeling about helping others. Now, is that feeling of helping others what made you decide to write the book? Tell us a little bit about the book. Um, I was originally a, an academic professor of international relations. And then uh, through romance, I became an entrepreneur. And I started with a zero. But we worked very hard, and uh, and I made some money. And then the question uh came up, well, what do you do with your money? Um, in, in this uh, season, as we see all around us, there are so many ads. Oh, buy a car and buy uh, the latest designer clothes and do this and do that and go into debt and just keep buying. And I didn't feel that way. I said, what do I want to do? My father trained me to, uh, to give. So I, as I accumulated some profits, I used them. Uh, for these programs I've been mentioning, uh, for awards and uh, scholarships and uh, speakers and all kinds of things to help educate others and, and encourage them. everything uh, innovative if possible. Well, I was uh, an entrepreneur for many years. After the man of my life died, I had to carry on on my own. And finally, the day came when it was uh, advisable to sell the last business, which I did. And then uh, I had time to write my pa- about my passion, which is not an academic subject, but fortunately I had the training to be able to organize everything in a way that can help others. Um, how do we begin? How do we choose what to do? Uh, how do we do research to make sure that what we're doing is the most valuable use of our time and resources? Uh, how do we build programs? How do we associate with others and so forth? So. Uh, I spent a year and a half doing research and thinking about it and writing it down in as clear and coherent a way as I could, and then I had a book. Uh, and I was, I was, so, I was so glad uh, because uh, all of us have our passion. And if we can take the time, and, and that's not easy because most of us, are working full-time. I'm now a business consultant, but I have uh, more t- time than I used to. And uh, and why not think about and write about and persuade others and motivate others to have a purpose and to um, make life better for everybody? Excellent, excellent. Now you wrote. Now you've broken down the book into several different areas: giving benefits, others, and yourself. Major areas for giving. How did you come up with those areas, and how were you able to boil down this big subject to just these to just these concentrated effort areas? Uh, well, as with most subjects, first we we read a lot. We read about celebrities. You know that can be exciting, and uh, uh, government officials who give. And the billionaires who give, like Bill Gates, uh, and there's just so much it can be overwhelming. Uh, but fortunately, this is where my academic background uh, helped 
But if you if you put together a program that you believe in it, that means you also had to really think what are the major priorities, what are the subjects that are most important, who are the people who can cover these subjects, um, and uh, and then there is uh, something incredible that can happen. One July Fourth weekend, I. I felt very guilty. How could I go away? Oh, no, I have to work. I have to work. But my boyfriend had said, oh, well, you know, we must go for July 4th. And I woke up in th- that morning, and all of a sudden I had an outline. So th- this is where our minds is incredible. Um, my mind, your mind, is able to organize material and uh, in-, in a way that... Uh, that you can sit down and write, and uh, and and you can develop uh, a message that you can share with other people. So that's uh, that's what happened. And of course, uh, inspiration in one night is great, but after that, there's a lot of work to do. And if you love what you're doing, then it's a pleasure. So I, I st- I'm always clipping articles about good people. Um, some people love scandals. And they want to read all the terrible things that others do, you know, and they uh, they feel superior because uh, they can do better. Um, I hope uh, you and many other people feel that I, the way I do, isn't it extraordinary that uh, that so and so who suffered from cancer has a fund to help other people so that. Uh, uh, the, we can advance the, our understanding of the causes of cancer and, and how to treat it. Um, people who grew up poor and uh, and and they they uh, have made some money, uh, they want to give back and help young people who don't have opportunities. It's just uh, it, I get, I really get a constant high out of reading and talking about good people. So, Dr. Gittison, I, I want you to help us again, especially for our audience. Uh, can you re-emphasize or re-echo the actual purpose of uh, your book? Why did you write the book again, please? Absolutely. I, there's a central message, and that is the more you do for others, the more likely that they and you will benefit. It's a very simple message, and all we have to do is carry it out. Um, as you say that, and something you said also echoes, as you said it as well, there is uh, one of the things that I, I have a, a hard time with uh, dealing with, especially as we look at poverty in America for per se, there is through the children and more as exemplary living, which you echoed earlier in terms of how do how can parents teach their children, there is a certain level of entitlement that contradicts at sometimes our opportunity to share or to give as you're talking. Would you agree or is there a, a different perspective to how uh, that word entitlement is, uh, is, is evidenced in America? Uh, we are becoming more and more aware that in this country um, where many people have uh, prospered, uh, new immigrants, and you're one of them, 
uh, mm-hmm. have come, have uh, benefited from education, hopefully have found jobs or whatever. They're, this is the American dream to move up. But unfortunately, at the same time, uh, just observation of the society shows us that some people are amassing great fortunes and building uh, mansions and uh, uh, buying uh, planes and doing this and doing that and spending most of the money on themselves, while others are getting poorer and poorer, uh, where people are falling out of the middle class, uh, where uh, uh, it's so hard for uh, people without advantages at home uh, to get a, uh, the proper education, or uh, many students are going into debt, and, uh, and and this creates problems for the rest of their lives. So uh, this is not a perfect society, mm-hmm. by no means. Uh, and uh, it's interesting in in, um, in New York City, uh, we had we are saying goodbye to a wonderful philanthropic mayor Bloomberg, but. Uh, the the city decided they want a different kind of mayor, a mayor mm-hmm. who is concerned a great deal with the outer boroughs, with the people who don't have that much. And uh, we'll see what, what happens. You know, um, maybe in, in our society we, we, uh, we reach a, a certain level of, oh, isn't that wonderful? You know, so-and-so is so rich, and look at these beautiful houses and clothes and all these, oh, they're going to parties all the time. And, uh, and we turn around and we say, but wait a second. Um, the Half the society uh, are not benefiting from what's going on, and we have to go back to the basics. We have to make sure that everyone gets the proper education. We have to make sure that... Uh, that people have proper health care. Um, this is the promise that uh, President Obama gave us, and he, uh, at the moment, we're seeing what, what is happening with the plan for more universal health care. Nothing mm-hmm. is easy, mm-hmm. and uh, not everyone is motivated to, uh, to be concerned about others. So uh, we have these political fights going on, but at least in this country you can express your views you can uh, vote, you can uh, organize and try to make a difference and advocate, we hope, the constructive policies uh, that can improve society. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, thank you again for, uh, as you listen to what goes on here on Motivation with the Purpose, we have Dr. Susan Gittleson sharing with us today. And we will step away for a second and be right back here to motivate with the purpose after this timeout. It's time for more motivation with a purpose radio on talkzone.com. Now back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Our guest once again on today's show is Dr. Susan Gittleson. And she is talking to us about the subject of giving and how that is not just for the rich. And she's written a how-to guide that talks about that subject and takes us point by point on how we can develop a more effective giving strategy. Dr. Gittleson, 
How do we develop a giving plan? Take us through the steps of how we can uh, appropriate our money, appropriate our time. How do we develop that giving plan so tomorrow I can take step one to being a more effective giver and impact the world around me? Well, thank you for asking. Step one is to think. That is, uh, we have to be aware of our priorities. Which are the causes that need most you? Is it education? Is it uh, the environment? Climate change? There's so many issues around us that are very important. And uh, we want to be honest with ourselves because if we're going to give our time and our resources to help a cause, we have to really believe in that cause. So that's step one, to think, to choose, to prioritize. Step two is to do research, not just to uh, listen to somebody say, oh, there's a problem or a hungry child, you know, all this emotional appeal. But the research is uh, to say, okay, there are um, hundreds of organizations now about, uh, to help the veterans, for example, or uh, uh, cancer help, or um, uh, education, or... Uh, whether it's the Salvation Army or some other group to, to reach out uh, to people who uh, don't have enough food and who need help. And, uh, and then the research is, uh, is to go to these websites that rate the different charities. Um, the veterans is uh, a, a, a very important example because, unfortunately... In addition to the bona fide veterans organizations, there are many con people who make up a story about that I'm going to help the veterans, and they make uh, they make the name uh, Veterans of America Saved. What you know? Uh, well, find them. Uh, find the name of that organization in Charity Navigator or Guide Store or the Better Business Bureau, and very often you can't find them because they're not real organizations. And then, once you do feel, find uh, the names of bona fide organizations, uh, then check out the ratings. What percentage of the monies collected go to the uh, people for whom they are collected? Um, and it's not enough to, uh, to worry about whether the, the staff gets too much money or whatever, or how much money is spent on fundraising. But you want to check out results. How many people have been helped? How have they been helped? What difference is made, is being made? Well, this takes a lot of time and effort, but it's worth it. So after you've, number one, found your priorities, number two, done, done research, the number three is make choices. Choose the causes, the organizations, and do something about it. Um, if, uh, the, the first step may be to give money, but uh, in addition, it's important to offer services, to volunteer, to find out what's really going on. If there's a local chapter, to join that. If not, to look at the uh, national organizations, to look at the international organizations, and really do something with yourself, you know, with uh, time and money. Uh, 
don't just sit around. Don't just, oh, it's too hard uh, or I'm too busy, which we all can say. But rather, I'll start in a small way. I want to help people. And with that attitude, uh, each of us can accomplish a great deal. Dr. Gettison, uh, thanks for uh, giving us some, some direct points there. And um, did you mention, as we do the research, uh, do you have in particular any favorite organizations or uh, websites that you've used to do some of your research? Uh, and, I, and I say that, too, because uh, that is a tough area. Most people really feel that time is not quite available to do uh, the, the research that you have described, about it is a very critical place. So are there any recommendations that you can give our audience uh, quickly that may be a good spot to begin that research, per se? Absolutely. Let, let me give you an example. Um, I uh, have felt that we have Thanksgiving, Christmas, and I'm being interviewed by people like yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. What should we do? And I said, I am going to be a test case because uh, it bothers me that people are hungry when many of us are eating quite well. So I, uh, I followed up. I received so many appeals. We all do day and night. But mm-hmm. um, there, there are a few groups called City Harvest and City Meals on Wheels um, that helps the elderly and food banks. And I looked them up on charitynavigator.com, on mm. guidestar.com, uh, at the betterbusinessbureau.com, and other groups. It doesn't really take that long. And I, I've contributed only to the ones that have the highest ratings, and I have avoided those organizations that don't have um, proper ratings that show you that maybe only um, 20% of the monies collected uh, actually goes to, to the people it's supposed to help. Um, or, uh, uh, for example, the March of Dimes was once very famous for uh, the, the campaign against polio. But these days it has the same name, but they don't have a major cause And uh, uh, besides birth de- defects and they are not as effective as they should be. Well, this all comes out if on the inter- if you just look at these uh, websites. It doesn't mm-hmm. take that long, uh, really, to do the research. But it does. It takes motivation. You know, yeah. your whole program is motivation with a purpose. If you're motivated and you want to be helpful, but you don't want to be taken advantage of by scams, then uh, an hour or less. And doing research can uh, reveal a great deal for you. Yeah, yeah. You did. I mean, you mentioned charity navigation. I believe the other one was Guide Star and the Better Business Bureau. As uh, if I could echo that for our audience. And I, I, I was speaking again. Another thing popped in my mind in that. Uh, you know, there are, we have a lot of our audience who are really kind and good-hearted people, and they run small organizations or blogs with the intention of really being motivated, motivated to help others. And sometimes they are not very large entities that are not necessarily on the radar of some of these, like the Better Business Bureau or so forth. Uh, do you have in your book, or do you have any recommendations for those people on how to make sure that you know the effective work that they want to do? is not uh, diminished 
by the fact that they are not on some of these major websites or large websites and they are not well known. What would you, uh, what advice would you give to them because their heart is in the right place, but the resources may not be available? Yes, no, it sounds wonderful to hear about people who care for others. Um, I think the, the easiest thing to do is to work locally in your church or synagogue or mosque or uh, local PTA or um, United Way, whatever it is, uh, if you can become active in an existing organization and get a feeling for what, what's going on, you know, are they really accomplishing anything? Um, do they help people? Can you join? If there's a clothing drive, can you join that? If, uh, if you're going to, uh, if they have a program to mentor uh, students or teach literacy or whatever, can you be a part of it? And, uh, and you'll have a, a feeling of, uh, of whether they're really accomplishing anything. And if they are, then uh, you want to become more active. And if they're not, you take your marbles and go elsewhere. Look for other groups that are more effective. Dr. Gittleson, do you have any advice for people like Zeke and myself who might want to start their own organizations from the ground up and tackle a problem that they see in their local neighborhood or the area around them that doesn't really seem to be getting a lot of attention? What would your advice be? Uh, first of all, it's great that you want to help. But before you start an organization, please, please, please do research and find out if there are already existing organizations that are dealing with the problem. If it's a particular disease or uh, education or helping in a hospital, whatever it is, there are so many organizations out there. There are more and more uh, growing and growing. And uh, there's no point duplicating other people's efforts. So... Uh, and, and then to set up an organization and uh, pay staff or even use your own time to develop it, it's, uh, it's a challenge and it takes a lot of time. So it's worth doing it after you've made sure that you're not duplicating other organizations that already exist. What is, your so, uh, what is it that, uh, that you want to do? Well, I Zeke, mean, I think uh, this is a perfect time for you to talk about your uh, <laughs> own nonprofit. See, I keep. See, I, I got my. I got your back, my friend. Uh, well, Dr. Gillison, uh, Rich is certainly uh, a, a wonderful friend. But one of the things that uh, we do is we uh, we have a nonprofit called Family Legacy Builders, and we uh, pursue the opportunities out there to. I mean, whether it's in juvenile centers, prisons, uh, just uh, inner city uh, organizations that are. Um, Seeking to be somewhat fam, more of a family advocate, we come alongside and uh, teach for a, a society right now. And in fact, we're just part of an, a conference that was called the Fathership Conference, and it addresses the fatherless needs of our community, which is growing more and more. So we come along and teach people how to build and construct deliberately a multi-generational family legacy that will 
will hopefully remove uh, divorce cases or domestic abuse or drug abuse, uh, you know, and those those items, but will allow them to, for example, establish a statement of identity and vision that they must live exemplarily so that their children and hopefully their grandchildren will have that that clear, concise image of who they are, for example, in my case, as a bambolo. So who are we and what do we stand for? And how? Uh, what are some things that we want to ward of, or things that have happened in our past we want to eliminate and reconstruct our legacy to be a powerful one going forward, a brand that is recognizable? It sounds wonderful. And uh, more power to you uh, for your concerns. But again, before you put too much effort into what you're doing, please do research. See what other groups exist that are doing something similar. Uh, what can you learn from them? And, uh, and what's going on in, in your own community that can make a difference? And can you join? Uh, this is where, is, what is the United Way doing? Uh, what are the, the YMCA doing? Uh, or, or other groups, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. There, there are many existing organizations, and possibly some of them have something, uh, advice and facilities and staff that they can offer you. And, uh, and, and once you've, you've learned something, there's nothing like learning, you know, research, uh, then, uh, then you can build your own programs with even greater confidence. The need is there. Doc- That's definite. Dr. Gittleson, in our remaining moments, what message would you like to leave with our audience, and how can we get a hold of your book? Um, well, the book, and, and you've uh, really uh, done a wonderful job of uh, uh, dissecting it and uh, uh, showing the, the genuine concern about, first, the desire to help others, but then also how to be practical about it. So the book, Giving is Not Just for the Very Rich, a guide, a how-to guide for giving and philanthropy, is available on Amazon.com. And I hope that, um, that your uh, listeners will want to read about this, think about it, and, uh, and have an easy-to-use guide. Now, I also have a website, which is dr Susan.org, um, and it has some free materials, for example, about evaluating uh, charities and avoiding scams. So you're welcome to check the, web- the website. Excellent. Once again, our guest has been Dr. Susan Gittleson, and our topic has been Giving on Motivation with a Purpose. Tune in the first part of January for all brand new episodes of Motivation with a Purpose for Zeke Bambolo. I'm Rich Hallstrom. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. See you on the other side. This has been Motivation with a Purpose on Talk Zone.